You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? And welcome to a new year, 2017. Uh, this is Imagine If presents Characters 101, Ben Riley. If you don't know who Ben Riley is, then you tune into the right station because Ben Riley, and just for the short, quick synopsis, uh, is the clone or yeah, clone of uh, Peter Parker. Uh, at one point, he was he was Spider-Man, and then he became. Scarlet Spider. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that was a that was a big moment because we always thought Spider Man was Peter Parker, and it turns out Peter Parker that we'd been reading since nineteen seventy five was not Peter Parker. He was the clone, and yeah, it just you know this was coming from an era of the death of Superman, the breaking of Batman, superheroics changing, and all that. And yeah, Marvel was like, hey, maybe we should do some of these events, and they created the. Uh, Infamous. I mean, I enjoyed it, but the infamous Clone Saga, which went for too long, and you know, but it gave us one of the best characters to come out of the Spider Verse in that decade, Ben Riley. There you go. All right, so that's where we're going to be going in our one on one later. First, let's talk about a little bit of comic news, and I think the biggest news that all of our listeners need to know is that I, Mitch have gotten back into reading comic books yes folks i finally did it <laughs> it was a scary road trip i had to uh kidnap him put a put a sock in his mouth and and drive him to a comic book store and uh hold him at gunpoint but it was worth it because yeah we, we got mitch reading comic books great <laughs> so you know most people say new year new me i say new year old me i'm going back <laughs> uh you know it, i i figured New Fifty Two is over. <laughs> we it's it, they've gone to rebirth. It's time for me to start reading comic books again. And uh, I mean, I don't if we want to get in. That's I mean, that's kind of what spurred on this the idea of doing Ben Riley tonight. Uh, I, I started. I picked up the Clone Conspiracy uh, comic book uh, on Franey's uh, uh, recommendation, and uh, I am enjoying it so far. So yes. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll have to we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, some of the things I picked up over the the week of the new of the new year, I picked up uh, Avengers uh, one and two. I picked up Champions one, two, and three. Uh, I picked up Green Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns, Justice League, Justice League versus Suicide Squad, or is it versus or is it just Justice League Suicide Squad? I think it's versus. I think it's okay. Justice League versus. Suicide. So I only got issue V. Maybe it's Justice League V. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Justice League v Suicide Squad, Dawn of Justice Suicide Squad. <laughs> Dawn of the Prison Cell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I got that. And uh, Green Arrow? Right? Green, uh, I picked up one issue of Green Arrow, but I need to pick up the other one before I can uh, read that. Um, and I picked up the, the trade of the Matt Fraction Hawkeye, which is not this year. This is from oh two gosh, years a couple ago? years ago. Yeah. Maybe two or three. Yeah, okay. So, ago. yeah, I, didn't, I just saw it. I figured I wanted to pick it up, but. Uh, yeah, so I think I picked up a good s- scattering of, of books. Oh, you had a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I remember 
just going through there. It's like, okay, well, you want to pick this one? And, and then some back issues that went with it. And yeah, so I guess, okay. So a lot of that stuff, I knew you threw the question out there for Facebook and you were asking people like, hey, what would you recommend? Give me a couple books. And a lot of us chimed in and whatnot. So just out of, out of curiosity, have you read all the books that you purchased? Everything except for the Green Arrow book and the, the Superman book. Okay. Uh, I, I read the Detective Comics book, which I also enjoyed, but I have my problems with it. Yeah. All right. So if you, like, right now in the running, what would you say was the best recommendation? Just kidding. The best recommendation for me so far, I guess I guess the book that I, I enjoyed reading the most would have been How Jordan and the Green Lanterns. Nice. And what, what, what did it for you? What, what brought it out? Uh, I guess the idea for that one is just because uh, the reason I, I enjoyed that the most is... It it seemed with this whole uh, whatever happened previous with in that book, this was the starting point with Hal being you know the the idea that he was able to will his own Green Lantern ring, which right. is something only uh, Guardians were able to do, and he he was able to do it. Uh, and then we brought in my favorite Green Lantern, who is now a White Lantern. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Rayner was the torchbearer to save him, to bring him out of the ring, to to uh, you know once again uh, bring 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 forth the new coming of the new Green Lantern, I guess. Uh, yeah, if you call it, if, that, if that's what you want to call Hal Jordan. Well, you know, and I just I, I was enjoying it. Uh, it was funny because and Green Lantern, you know, both of us were major fans of you know it's just it's such a cool power, and I think what's neat about it is you know. Anybody could be a Green Lantern, you know, and so that's what's exciting about it. So I've always been a Hal Jordan fan, and um, the Green Lantern book was being, well, was focusing on the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and the rest of the GLs and the GLC and the emotional spectrum and all that, and I just was enjoying the heck out of it. So when Johns left the book, we had Robert Vendetti take over. Uh, his first arc was all right, you know, it was basically, okay, we're, we're seeing Galactus. Okay, that's cool, you know, that's neat, that's fun. And then the arcs after that just got real stale. And then they did the Godhead one. And I was like, oh, okay, this could be cool because it's going to be the new gods and the DC Universe, New 52. All right, let's see how this goes. Uh, no, not so much, you know. <laughs> and then they made the announcement that they were like, okay, well, we're looking at New 52 going away. We're going to do DC Rebirth. And I was like, all right, cool. I could get behind this. You know, it seems real exciting. And they were talking about all the new creative teams. And every book got new creative Except Green Lantern. And I was pissed. I was like, oh, you got to be killing me. Because when they started the rebranding with DCU, trying to get, you know, like, oh, this is a good jumping on point, issue 40. Yeah, we started seeing how Jordan, he became the renegade Green Lantern. And, and he was wearing the gauntlet of Corona. And he was becoming more energy-based. And at one point, yeah, he was just total Green Lantern energy. And... You know, and this is something I hope that the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern book and the Green Lantern's book, I hope they touch on because there is a parallax running around out there in the DCU. There's a Hal Jordan parallax out there running around. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's something you stop. That's yeah. something you, you got to be careful with. Um, but yeah, those issues you picked up, yeah, it was cool because we do, we, we've seen Hal Jordan you know, form a ring, you know, he formed a big lump of willpower and he crafted his own Green Lantern ring and he's got a ring. And I'm like, that is awesome. That is so cool. It's just a great looking visual. And then, yeah, now finally Green Lantern, or sorry, Kyle Rayner is making his appearance in the new, in the Rebirth DC Universe. So I'm excited because 
I, I love this colorful stuff. I think it's great. And especially, I think, you know, we're going to have like one more issue of a mini arc and then we're going to see, yeah, the return of the Blue Lantern Corps. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to say that I, I would just be happy because of Kyle Rayner. I, I, <laughs> I enjoyed the fact that, you know, Guy was there and John yeah. is the new leader of the Green Lanterns, which I thought was pretty incredible, which, but makes complete sense. Uh, it was funny that you brought up Facebook because... Uh, you know, and unfortunately Facebook, but there was uh, a friend of mine who had posted a picture set that, you know, it basically went through and it said, uh, which one, if you had to choose which comic book character power would you like to have? And it had Superman's, you know, Superman's powers or Batman's money and gadgets or uh, Thor's hammer or, you know, they went through a whole bunch of things and eventually they got to, you know, Green Lantern's ring. And I'm like, that's the obvious choice. I can do anything I can imagine with Green Lantern's ring, right? Yep. I mean, I can fly. I can have super strength. I can move at subsonic speeds. You wouldn't need technology because the ring is the technology. Exactly. Yeah. I don't need the gadgets or the money. And the Thor one, I've always been curious because I've seen a lot of those. And i always like, well, okay, what if you give me Thor's hammer? That doesn't necessarily mean I'm worthy enough to wield it, you know. Well, on the on the oh. offhand, I, you could also say I, don't, I might not have the willpower to, That's to, true. I to, guess to it's sling a the ring. But... Uh, if you take take those all those things away, I would still say that you know, I, and it's funny because I was the only one that said Green Lantern's ring on my friend's post. Really, yeah. that is surprising. You'd figure people would be jumping all over. No, that. no one. It's because you know it might not be they might not be combo readers. They just so. think about Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> That's what it is, probably. <laughs> uh, but I have to I have to say you know this is something reading that book. I wanted to bring this question up to you. Essentially for. Sector 2814, we have six Green Lanterns now, right? We got a lot. <laughs> okay. So you have Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, which I'll admit right now, I have not read anything of those two characters. You have Guy Gardner and... Uh, John Stewart, Kyle and Rainer, John Stewart, Hal Jordan. Kyle Rayner and Kyle Hal Jordan. Rainer, yeah. Now, I was thinking to myself, if you had to put... If you had to split it up into to three different sections, so you have... You get and, and we go with the whole uh, after after what was it Green Lantern Rebirth not the Rebirth uh, event that we've had now but the the other the first Rebirth when oh, we the brought original back, one okay. yeah when we brought back Hal Jordan that's when we started doing the whole uh, Green Lanterns have partners thing right yeah yeah okay so if you keep with that idea that they have partners and uh, you have to put two lanterns together you have. You need to put the two lands together that should be uh, on Earth to, to deal with just Earth things. Right. Two lanterns that stay on, oh, well, not Oa anymore, but Mogo. Right. Uh, to, to deal with uh, galactic things. And then two lanterns that are above even that that have to deal with the... the um, crisis level stuff. Crisis, honor yes, guard, exactly. You know? The crisis level stuff. Where yeah. would you put... Who would... Who are the... the who, what are the three matchups you would put, and who were, or who who would they be? Which which jobs would they, or which sections would they do? Okay, so looking at that, so okay, Earth Earth based, I would say, I think I would try Kyle and Simon on Earth, uh, just because Simon's got a lot of growth he needs to do with his own humanity. You know, I mean, like when John's first introduced him, they played with the you know, like oh, let's let's make him be an Islamic terrorist. Not that he is, but people perceive him that way. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that'd be good that, you know, because he was. He was like in Guantanamo Bay when he got his Green Lantern ring. So I think that'd be good for him to stay and like, okay, look, we're going to help you. 
Because he was. He was set up, you know, to be driving a van full of explosives. He was just... He was driving a van, and it just so happened that it was filled with explosives. So I think it'd be good that he's on Earth to, you know, okay, look, I want to fix this. And then part of that, part of being a Green Lantern isn't just necessarily saving a cat from a tree, but also maybe he could be the Green Lantern that helps save, you know, race relations and gets cultural understanding. Because he does, not only is he a Green Lantern, but he has this, like, I think they call it Emerald Sight, so he can see these, like, visions of the future. And so I think that'd be neat that maybe he sees a vision of something coming that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be stopped with a giant boxing glove so that's why he's there and then plus i want to give kyle some earth time i mean kyle you know he doesn't have a life on earth anymore so that might be good for him to get those roots back again so i think that'd be and plus it'd just be a fun struggle and we really haven't seen those two characters develop a friendship a relationship so i think that'd be pretty neat there um then when we're talking about okay putting him on oa and kind of like you know whatnot well obviously that's that's john stewart you know with him being the the current leader of the green lantern corps i think that'd be good and i want to give him the partner of jessica um jessica has this total phobia like a like a claustrophobia not but like she never left her room mm-hmm. and so i think that'd be like could you imagine here's somebody who never left their room and now they're on another planet in the middle of the cosmos with just this little green bubble around them. So I think, like, how much character growth could she come through with that? So I think that'd be neat, a good challenge as a writer, and even just, you know, something to kind of give something, some hope for people, you know, like, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to be doomed by your fears. So I think that'd be neat to put those two. And so that means, you know, the honor guard, crisis level guards, mm-hmm. well, that's going to be Hal and Guy. And those two would suck as partners because they're going to be, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're good, you know, like, you know, they're, they, they've got that brotherhood and they understand each other. But, but at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be like you, like Hal Jordan used to literally call Guy is like, you're a brain damaged idiot, you know? And so it'd be kind of funny seeing those two there. But I mean, when it, when the shit hits the fan, you want those guys there. So that that's how I would throw it out there. What so, about you? What do you got? I, I mean... So reading it, reading Green, Green, Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns, I, I mean, once again, I don't know anything about Jessica and Simon. So I kept them on Earth. I, I think that they, uh, being the, the novices, the, the newcomers, you know, it'd be the best place for them. Maybe exposing them to intergalactic stuff and, and wars out there might be a little too much too fast. Yeah, it's pretty and, quick. <laughs> and Earth would be their training ground, basically. And not, not that, you know, they they understand how the physics of Earth works because they've lived on Earth. Well, exactly. You don't want to put them on a planet where it's like, you know, they land and they're like, oh, hey, this seems like it's Earth, so I'll drop my shield. Oh, look, rain clouds are coming. It's okay. Nope, acid rain. <laughs> yeah. I melted my face, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I liked John as the new director of the Green Lanterns or however they put it. I think that's a great thing for him. And uh, him and I would leave Guy there as, you know, kind of like almost a second to Kilowog if Kilowog, you know. So he's like the drill instructor, but like another one. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I have this feeling that, you know, both Guy and John don't have a lot of connection to Earth anymore. Like everybody, geez, Jarvis, uh, everybody that they, uh, you know, had, for, for the most that I know, is not, not around anymore. So it's okay for them to stick around on in outer space and take care of the core. And, and then my two crisis-level honor guard guys would be Hal and, and Kyle. Because Hal is, you know, he's now powerful enough to make his own ring. Yeah. And two... You know, Kyle Rangers the torchbearer. He's the one that that brought back the the core. Well, you know, it's funny when, when we think about those characters, and you know, something like as you were talking, I was thinking about that. It's it's kind of sad because a Green Lantern ring is a it's the coolest thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it it takes away your humanity. 
Because if you think about it, okay, Hal Jordan has his life on Earth, right? Right. Well, okay, no, he turned into Parallax and went on those crazy adventures and became the Spectre. And, you know, and right now, even on terms of Earth, what does he have? Well, you know, he's got his brother and, you know, his, his sister-in-law and, and their two kids. And that's about it, you know. But, yeah, his, his parents are both dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, his other brothers passed on. You know, in terms of his job, I mean... As far as I know, I think the uh, the United States Air Force is going to be like, yeah, this guy's been AWOL for quite a while now, <laughs> you know, like he's been gone. And even Carol, you know, like I think she's actually running around the spaceways. They did try to develop a relationship with Kyle and Carol, which I really? thought was weird. Yeah, because uh, age difference, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, you could argue, well, why does Hal look young? Well, he came back from the dead and reanimated his body. Cool. Carol never died. So she's going to be, you know, that yeah. you know, she's going to be running around in mom jeans. You can't <laughs> stop that one. <laughs> Granted, the artists do a good job of drawing those mom jeans, but they're mom <laughs> So, jeans. I mean, is she not a Star Sapphire anymore? No, she totally is a Star oh, Sapphire. Okay. So, yeah. And that's what's funny is, and that's why it was kind of weird because, like, I think you read that one, Green Lantern number 19, the the last Jeff Johns, his his final issue. Did I think so. Did you ever get so. to read that? Yeah. Was, and so, was that the, wasn't that the one where um, uh, they kicked Hal out as a Green Lantern? No, that was after. Oh, okay. No, that was before, and that was when he ended his run on the basically before it became New Fifty Two, and then when it became New Fifty Two, he had the the Sinestro arc because yeah, that was the one where he he just got dropped down the road here on Highway yeah. ninety five. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's go pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so yeah, the last issue uh, it was the big one where they were fighting Volthoom, the First Lantern, and. And the Guardians died because Sinestro, who was now having I didn't read Parallax. This. Oh, I'll have to go find you a copy because it's, it's a really good last issue. It's bittersweet. You know, it's Johns' last issue. I mean, 10 years, almost 100 issues, you know, like, wow, this is something else. And, um, you know, on it, it's like, you know, we see Carol and Hal are going to be together, you know. And it's like, okay, well, it makes sense. They're, that's the love couple there. Um, and then, you know, obviously there were parts of Hal's run where he was like, because Carol has a life on Earth. She has Ferris aircraft. Yeah. She's got a business, a legacy. And it's like, well, obviously that doesn't matter because she's been running around in space. And then part of her arguments with why she couldn't make it work with Hal or why she got mad at Hal was because he's running around in space. So it's funny because these rings come and they do. They take you off Earth, you know. So it's like you can't do much there, you know. And it's a shame because, like, I think about, like, this would be a fun one to revisit. The girlfriend that Jeff Johns created, Cowgirl. Mm-hmm. Wow, talk about abandonment. Like, he just straight up, like, the blackest night is coming. There's zombies around. And never bothered to show and show up, like, are you okay? Yep. You know, because they might have targeted her, considering that she had love for Hal, you know. And so it's it's something like that. But, yeah, Kyle, he's got no more family. You know, the only connection he would have had with another human being would be Alan or Jade. And both of them are elsewhere. You know, uh, John, same thing. We don't really see much about a family there. Guy, we don't see much about a family. So, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, man, if that ring comes to you, it's like, God, it's going to be sad because my friends and family are going to be gone from my life. Yeah. You do. You have a bigger responsibility. So, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i spinning a big web here. Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, that's, that's where you yeah. go. You're spinning a web. And we, as we know from Spider-Man, <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's 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 the vastness of space, but it's also the the loneliness loneliness of space. Yeah. But uh, you know, I would assume that's the same thing that kind of soldiers go through. You know, well, yeah, maybe. you know, I definitely. And there is that's a good way to relate it back to it. 
And I guess that's what would always make it kind of neat was when they would come home. But lately, you know, those books, like when they come home, it is. It's like, well, we came home to Oa and we're, we're meeting all the other yeah, Gamelands. Yeah, you're right. You're you know? right. So it's kind of funny to see how that goes about it. But one thing I think it's interesting, what, what's kind of cool about your, your picks for like the Honor Guard level, because we've seen like Kyle's done some amazing transformations. I mean, he went from just being, you know, the Green Lantern to, you know, welding the power of Ion mm-hmm. the first time. Um, you know, he was possessed by Parallax. Mm-hmm. Uh, he created Oblivion. Remember that right. story? Yeah. You know, and then, you know, yeah, he was the first one to basically master all the ring power that it created. Because his White Lantern ring, I don't think, is the same as the original White Lantern ring. Like, his is a little bit different. And mm-hmm. granted, depending on the writer wanting to take an idea and do something with it. And I'll, I'll keep this one under my my. I'll play this one close to the chest. But I mean, is his White Lantern ring technically the same as the other White Lanterns? Maybe, maybe not. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And then you know how obviously with Parallax and the Spectre, and right now currently like because, and this is something that would be interesting to see what they'll do later on with the book is will the entities still have any importance? Because Vendetti decided to write it off that all the entities except Parallax died, and I'm like, well that's Dumb, well, you know. that's interesting because in the the storyline in this how how Jordan and the Green Lanterns, you know, uh, they get the Green Lanterns get put with the Yellow Lanterns, the ones that are being led by uh, Saronic Natu. Yeah. Uh, they get put into a bottle city, right? And it's Larflees that has basically put them in there, and they he calls Larflees the entity, like John John Stewart does. So. Uh, I'm guessing is Larfleeze the the Orange Lantern entity? Like, does he have the entity in him? Like how Parallax was inside of? Well, I don't think so because I'm trying to remember what was the the entity for the orange ones. It wasn't because I was thinking Pryloseth, but that was the Compassion ones. That weird little squid looking guy, the Snake. Um, it started with a no, but no, well, no, because like in Vendetti's run after like because what happened was there was the source wall right mm-hmm. and nobody's ever been beyond the source wall and this character that vendetti relic he was in the previous universe and then when it exploded he survived and he, they used to have light bears and every time the light bears would use their power they were draining out the energy of the universe mm-hmm. so that's why relic was like well i've got to stop all the lanterns because you guys are running around with your stupid little war and you're draining your universe i've seen it once i won't let it happen again so he's kind of like a sympathetic villain and then of course the entities were like oh no we'll, we'll go into the source wall and sacrifice ourselves and you know we'll recharge the universe which is what did happen but it was goofy because like i said parallax didn't go and it's like so you're telling me here we are there's there's eight of us entities and we're gonna be like well okay we'll go sacrifice ourselves and you the ninth one you could come but no let's let's leave you behind it's okay that's <laughs> yeah, you know bad editing and um but yeah that's how they went about so i mean i don't know like they're like I think losing the entities was a bad idea because I think, again, it's part of that mythology, part of that, you know, legacy of it. And it's a worthwhile thing because one thing I always wanted to see was what would Hal Jordan look like with the power of Ion? Mm. You know, we've never seen that. Now, granted, yeah, you can argue that right now, currently, Hal Jordan is like pure willpower. So has he surpassed Ion? Is he the new entity? You know, things like that. Is he even Hal Jordan anymore? Like, it's true. The idea that he blew up with. Uh, Sinestro and whatever happened in that previous storyline and this is a I don't know almost like a, a, a construct that made by the ring that he constructed with his own willpower you know 
That's true, yeah. It's the like chicken and the, the egg kind of the, thing. The man dreaming he's a butterfly or the butterfly dreaming he's a man. You yeah. know, that, oh, man, there's so much potential. Hopefully Rob Vendetti is listening. Please <laughs> answer our questions. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's that would be interesting because I think uh, the only other person that housed the Ion uh, entity was... Uh, Sodom Yak. Sodom Yak, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, And, you know, one thing I think that is kind of cool, I like how Brainiac's involved in this. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm lugging the fact that there's, I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit more cohesion connection to the DC universe right now, and I think that's really neat. That you know, here's a longtime classic Superman villain popping up in a Green Lantern story. I mean, outside of like a JLA versus the Secret Society of Supervillains, I don't think we've ever seen you know a Hal Jordan Green Lantern brainiac interaction yeah and i think that's kind of cool because brainiac like i don't know like i feel like there should be like a wall on the gl precinct you know and it's like here's the top 10 villains brainiac should be up there i mean here's a guy who just runs up and is like i like your civilization i'm stealing it uh we're green lanterns we're supposed to prevent stuff like that yeah, i think that'd be cool and you're true this is a moment. they like, should oh. they should have a plaque up there also that says uh metropolis never again kind of thing or not metropolis i'm sorry uh Kandor or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kandor, never again kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool because like that way it kind of shows like, yeah, these guys understand what is going on in the universe. <laughs> yeah. All right, steal that idea, Robert Vendetti. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, and that, I, I would have to say that my other one that I was really enjoying was the Detective Comics because because of their introduction of this new uh, villain called... Oh, uh, that group. Yeah, it's called yeah. The, the, villain, the, the Victim Syndicate. And uh, it's very interesting that these guys have come together, and the the main the leader of the group is called he calls himself the first victim, and they're basically a a group of people that were changed like on the physio- physiological level uh, because of Batman's involvement in a crime, or you know you know basically obviously Batman went there to try to stop whoever the bad guy was, but. They were essentially collateral damage, and uh, they are take, basically uh, taking the fight to either Batman, Batman's group, or officers that have enabled Batman to do his job. So they they have they've said they're not going to hurt any innocent bystanders and stuff like that, and they have made it known who they were, except for the main guy, who they were before they became the villains that they were. Right. So uh, it's interesting. The only problem I have with the book so far is the way that Batman is acting. Like to me, he's not the Batman that I would see. Like I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make Batman more sympathetic. Like because in the storyline, Tim Drake has just died. He is, uh, you know, uh, the the whole team is kind of reeling from it and having to to deal with deal with that in their own way. And Bruce is definitely spiraling down. Right. Not spiraling down like how he did when Jason Todd died. Into an anger fit. <laughs> yeah, into no, a, like... he's just more remorse. Because, I mean, if... That's and that's one thing I always find, find weird about the Batman storylines. They seem to transcend every reboot. Like, <laughs> New 52 happened. Flash, you know, Flashpoint happened. New 52 happened. Batman story still exists. <laughs> Rebirth happened. Batman story still exists. So, I'm guessing in this world... He also tried to, or he also adopted Tim Drake at some well, point. Well, you know, I was just thinking about that. Actually, just this moment, I was thinking about it. I was like, I wonder, because, see, the Tim Drake we got in the New 52, I think his parents were still alive. 
Oh. You know, like, I think they were like, yeah, they were paying for him to go to, like, a, pu- a prep school and, and all this stuff. So we don't have the identity crisis, Jack Drake, death. And we don't have that moment where, you know, after, what was it, one year later when he's like, you you can be my son. I want to adopt Right. Him. You know, so I'm like, did that moment happen? And I was like, well, if that moment happened, then I can understand him being a little bit weepy because exactly. it's like, okay, that, that is his son. Right. But if that moment didn't happen... It's kind of like... Where's his well, connection? Yeah, like, I feel bad that I a kid who... And even then, that's the hardest part about Tim Drake. Or not the hardest part, the best part. He didn't He didn't accidentally become Robin. He wanted it. He chose it. You know, he's like, I know you're Batman. I know you're Bruce Wayne. He figured it out. And I always thought that was the coolest thing about him being a Robin. And we were talking about this, like, another story, you mm-hmm. know, like you should totally have in the future where it's like Dick Grayson is the greatest... Or not Dickers, sorry, Tim Drake is the greatest because, yeah, it's, you know, his parents didn't die randomly. Like, he wanted to go into this willingly, you know, because it's like, yeah, sometimes you have cops who are like, oh, you know, my my, my parents were, they were killed, so I became a cop. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, oh, well, my parents were bad, so I became a cop to atone. Mm-hmm. No, this is somebody who's like, life was good, and I want to go out there and make it even better. Right. And that's how I see Tim Drake. And he was, he was intelligent enough. Like, he was able to put it together himself. He was able to figure out things and and you know that that is he would make the the best He's the greatest Batman. detective. Yeah. <laughs> but uh uh so yeah, that's what I want to wonder. Did did Bruce Wayne adapt adopt Tim Drake in this universe or not and cuz that would make sense why he's so sad about it. Like, yeah. you know, the Jason Todd thing, he got angry about it, but yeah, he this would bloodied be, his knuckles. Yeah. yeah, you know, but this one would be the one that's like, okay, this one shakes his heart. Then it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah, like I, we were talking about that. Yeah, because it's like I just maybe that's where like I feel like the writer doesn't get Batman. Because like I almost feel like this writer, I think it's James Tinian the fourth or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I think when they pitch the book, it's like, all right, do a team book, and he's excited about that because it's like, okay, well, you know, I can play with Clayface and and Batwoman and Orphan and Tim Drake. I can do and and spoiler, I can do some stuff with him. But then it's like, oh, that's right, I have to have Batman in this book because <laughs> it's Detective Comics. You're right. You know, but I would almost be like, if I was his editor, or you know, like you know, maybe even I think you would say where it's almost like come in there and say, look, graduate them. Have the team move up and be full time status, and you don't need Batman there to babysit him because it's not working. You know, it's yeah, it's no Batman it's not be, a consistent Batman voice. He, well, then yeah, exactly. Or I mean, yeah, set him back to he's the shadowy mentor character. Yeah, or he's just the he's the the the, the face on the on the view and the vid screen saying, "Look, this is where I need you to go now." You know, yeah. this is the mission that you need to take care of, kind of thing. Like he could be there, Charlie. You know, yeah, do something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like pull back his role. Don't put him in there if you don't know how to write him put them in there to give them just the quick purpose because it's, it's detective comics so it's it's essential just to have the bat influence not so much have to have batman in it yeah and you know it could be kind of cool like if he had done this you know is like remember i think it was villains united mm-hmm. or it was one of those ones where and then the team was pulled together and they were like led by somebody and they didn't know who that leader was, Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And it turned out it was Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. That could have been kind of cool if this group of detectives came together. And it's like part of their over arc is to figure out who their leader was. Like, well, who's this guy telling us to do all this stuff? <laughs> and you peel back and, or, you know, what could have been even funnier? It's like, oh, it's Bruce Wayne. So, like, Tim and Stephanie would get it. But, like, Clayface would be like, why the fuck's this rich guy doing this? What the hell? <laughs> rich people are weird. <laughs> um, speaking of Clayface, though, I, I know this was earlier in that, on that, that run of Detective. So Clayface's role on the team, he's their danger room. It, they call it the mud room. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you did find out yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting too. And uh, 
And yeah, he's definitely trying to atone for you know being a bad guy for so long. And apparently, he did something where he was like huge, like a, a kaiju kind of thing, attacking Gotham. Like because wow, they keep referring <laughs> to that in the in the book. They're talking about how uh, monsters attacked the, the uh, attacked um, Gotham, and at one point, the I guess the computer also takes care of what happens in the mudroom. Like uh-huh. it's using his his kind of biochemistry. But it, he, he, because he got a little cocky. Him and Orphan were fighting off uh, man bats, and he's like, "Yeah, we're great. We're doing great. It's awesome." And he's like, "All right, all right, computer, throw the biggest, scariest thing that you can at us. You know, that's caused the most destruction." And it, it, it did a version of him that was huge and like about to crush them and stuff. And Orphan had he like froze up because he was so scared of it, and he had to Orphan had to be like, "Computer, shut down right now," you know, kind of thing. Uh huh. And oh, wow. and he he he. Shut down. He freaked out. He didn't know what to you know what to do. So, uh, I'm, I'm guessing it was a relapse to when he, if you remember in uh, uh, Ultimates in uh, yeah yeah the Marvel Marvel, Marvel stuff, comics right? yeah Ultimates uh, you know uh, when the Hulk was the Hulk yeah exactly and naked and <laughs> <laughs> he was and he was huge like a skyscraper yeah. in that you remember and he he even ate people and he they talked about that later on in the series when he's like i'm still pooping out people <laughs> banner says that <laughs> i remember how does the wasp stop him she takes off her top come over here and yeah. oh corny <laughs> <laughs> oh mark millar you crazy bastard <laughs> uh all right uh, so yeah that's what i've been reading well i'm happy because i like i because like it I remember when you put that question out there, it's scary because, you know, I mean, I know what you've got you good recommend? comic book yeah, taste, and, yeah. you know, so it's like, man, and like, I feel bad because I know we were talking about this off mic, you know, where it's like, okay, well, I like, I put the Avengers and Champions on your, on your recommendations. I was like, oh, you should totally read this, you know, because like, I did some selfish books, you know, like I was like, Captain Adam, I want him to read that because I need somebody to talk to about <laughs> Captain Adam. Um, you know, the, the, the Scarlet Spider book that's probably going to come out of Cologne Conspiracy. Again, I want somebody to... What's a way to take this ride with? You know, we're going to ride or die. We'll get Vin Diesel. He'll come along, too. He's, <laughs> he's been EMing me about comic books. I was like, all right, Vin, calm down. But, um, but you know, but, like, I, I put those books on there, like Avengers and um, Champions on there. Because I was like, well, I remember you were a big fan of <laughs> young teen heroes. <laughs> but now we've grown up, and now we're like, you damn kids, okay. get off my lawn. Let, 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 let me just... Let me let me. No, talk the internet about this. has heard it. It's true. No, now. no, no, no. Let me talk about this. Mitch got old. So you 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 uh, recommended Champions, which is the new uh, young, young teen <laughs> young teen book in in Marvel, where you know you have a bunch of kids, teenagers that have like you know what these adults don't know what to do anymore as as superheroes. We're gonna show them the right way. We're gonna help everybody no matter what and red tape be damned kind of thing, and it. We we drew these conclusions that this is basically Young Justice from the DC universe. And now the Young Justice comic book, not the Young Justice cartoon, two completely different things. But this is the Young Justice comic book from from DC, and I loved that book when I was reading it when it was coming out. I read it every week. It was the first thing that I read every month when I got my when I got my pulls. Now, uh, you would have Young Young Avengers in the in the Marvel universe, which right. is a little bit more like the Titans in the. Uh, the family or, drama, or the Teen, the teen Titans, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then you have the regular Avengers, which is the Justice League. So, 
Champions should be right up my alley. Yeah. I'm re- I am read the first three issues and I'm like, these kids are dumb. <laughs> and maybe it is because I'm I'm over the age of 30 now and I can't see teenagers as anything other than being just completely stupid. But that's exactly how I, I, I'm reading it. And, and, and it's got Umberto Romas' uh, art in it, which I love. I know, because it's, it's like got Mark, Mark Wade, Wade writing it, which Romas, I love. Those are all wins. You know, a good group of mixed new characters. Adam is Cho Hulk. Miles Morales spider-man dumb kids <laughs> they are dumb they are making stupid mistakes and then they are there but the thing is that they, they, the, they're not writing it as stupid mistakes they're writing it as they're being stupid but they're doing the right thing and it's just like no that is pissing me off because kids are dumb and they wouldn't be doing the right thing they'd be texting on their phone or some stupid Swag shit yellow. yeah exactly that's where we get mannequin challenges that's what this that's what those kids would be doing the first three episodes it's the same panel six times on the page like wow this is so great I, I i have to say i'm gonna keep reading it because i do like teen mentalities and i do like teenage teens or teenage superheroes but ugh, something has got to change in this book a little bit soon or i'm gonna be very pissed but there you go champions uh, I would recommend it for the writing and, and the art, but not for the writing, <laughs> not for the art. Well, yeah, no, I mean, no, I feel you though. Like that book, honestly, it's got me because Cyclops is in it. I'm like, son of a bitch. There's three dollars a month going away, and you know, it's not even Cyclops. It's Impulse. <laughs> it's Tim Drake acting like it's Tim Drake drawn like Impulse, pretending to be cosplaying as Cyclops. There you go. Like, oh, it just kills me. You know? Because you're right. I, I've seen some moments where they're this like, oh, let's be impulsive because we're impulsive teenagers, and yeah, we, we think we're gonna go out there and like, yeah, let's feed the homeless, and and we got these great big ideals. But it's like, well, yeah, everybody wants to do that, of course. But the application is the hard part. And but no, because we're superheroes, somehow we stumble into it. Like, oh, infinite food! Yay! Yay. <laughs> you know, and like in the first episode, they were like, they they did, they created like a hashtag, you know, like I'm yeah. a champion. Yeah, like, hashtag champions. It's I just like, saw that and I was like, oh god, I threw up on my comic <laughs> books. I mean, I put it back in the bag and sealed it. But <laughs> it's no longer a nine point eight. <laughs> no, that's that's gonna up the CGC. Uh, rating right there as soon as i write my first comic hell yeah <laughs> you'll see all kinds of new comics that way oh is that a peter david yeah he threw up on it oh that's awesome is that a grant morrison yeah you don't want to know what he did do it though oh. uh, <laughs> all right in uh five minutes or less just give us some some headline news stuff okay well let's see um okay so what do we got coming up then let's see all right so they started a thanos comic book um uh, from what I'm hearing, it's actually it's going to be pretty good. So we're going to be leading to something called Zero Day. And in Zero Day, that's basically where Thanos is going to win. Uh, we know from the Thanos book that Thanos is dying. So that's going to amp up his, you know, his mad mechanicians and stuff like that. And I guess this is also going to tie into... Um, Avenger or U.S. Avengers in issue two, they put down the, the the thing. Where were you on zero day, the day Captain America died? And the preview art shows Thanos holding Captain America's skull. So that sounds like something to watch. Yeah. Also on the Marvel side of things, we'll have Resurrection starting next month. So if you're an X Men fan, now is the time to come back in from the cold because they're winning the war. Um, and then for the free comic book day, I believe we're going to have something titled Secret Empire, and it's going to show the. The Steve Rogers Captain America shield, the Hydra Captain America. So that's probably going to be coming to a head, which I'm excited for because we have Thunderbolts being led by the Winter Soldier. 
And we have Baron Zemo, who created the original Thunderbolts. He's now been implanted into Captain America's memory as being one of his buddies. Mm. So if we know our Captain America, Bucky, Zemo history, that's why Bucky and Cap got sent to the future. So I'm very excited to see how that crossover can happen. So I'm hoping that'll go nicely. Uh, Clone Conspiracy is still going. This month we'll have two books, issue four and then the Spider-Man book. Uh, let's see, on the DC side of stuff, we've got Justice League versus Suicide Squad. That book has been great. I think you, you've you been reading it now, too. I hope it's good. Um, I think it's fantastic. We've got Superman New 52 is probably coming back. I forget what they call the crossover, but in Superman and Action Comics, we've got some big stuff coming there. So if you check the uh, March solicits, they'll be showing some of the, the, the artwork there. So that'll definitely show more of you know who's who's doing what in the dc universe and how it's going to affect maybe what's going on with watchmen and whatnot and saying the word watchmen makes me think manhattan which makes me think of the titans book because they have a, um, a storyline called made in manhattan and i think what they're hoping is we'll think oh the titans are going to move to manhattan and you know set up titans tower and all that stuff I'm thinking that might be a play made in Manhattan. That's what the Great. DC New 52 was. So that's definitely a hot book to watch. So, yeah, a lot of those crossovers. Titans for Made in Manhattan. Justice League Suicide Squad. That's going to be fantastic. Um, we've got the Superman books. They're finally going to you know bring back some connection to New 52 and whatnot. Um, Resurrection is bringing back the X-Men. Secret Empire is going to deal with Captain America and his Hydra-ness. And, of course, Clones Conspiracy has been just killing it. So that's that's a fantastic book. So a lot of good stuff to be watching out for. So every Wednesday, make sure you're in those shops. Make sure you're reading. Well, buy them and then read them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There, there you go. I, I, we will did have... I beat five minutes? <laughs> you did. You were actually uh, three minutes. So. Hey, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> we will keep an eye out for all those. Keep an eye out on those stories. And we'll report back since now I'm reading again. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go ahead and get to our 101 for this week. Let's talk about Ben Riley. Uh, I know this brought up a very interesting, inter- inter- interesting topic of first appearances especially for you yes. so if you go to his wikipedia page you can find that uh, it puts down at least one two three four five different first appearances for him which is odd but as you see how it's broken down he had, they have it as as peter parker's clone it's amazing spider-man number 149 of october 1975 as ben riley he's spider-man it's spider-man number 51 october 1994 as Scarlet Spider, Web of Spider-Man number 118, November 1994, as Spider-Man, Sensational Spider-Man number 0, January 1996, and then as the Jackal, which is who what he is now, the Clone Conspiracy number 3, December 2016. Where do you actually put his first appearance? Now see, alright, if this is me, if this is me talking about this, um, it's interesting because... Like, it's fine, because we always do a little segment. I'm going to kind of break order here. Mm-hmm. But we always... we Like, we keep it ordered. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have structure. Yeah. But uh, but when we always talk about, like, where, where did you first discover this character, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I remember this cover. Or I remember this comic or the cartoon or whatever. For me, I did discover Ben Riley as it happened. You know, I remember... I remember seeing that um, the first part of the Clone Saga, and it was a holograph or a shiny flip book mm. and on the back side it showed this like zombie looking peter parker 
kind of rising up from a vat with green like goo on him. And I was like, what the hell is this? You know, like, oh, maybe it's radioactivity and all this, that. So it piqued my interest and I read it. And that that would be kind of the first appearance. But it's tough because if we go back historically, Amazing Spider-Man number 149, that's the big issue that was the culmination of the original Clone Saga. Because the original Clone Saga was the night Gwen Stacy died. Um, not only was it just Peter Parker who was affected by it, it was a lot of people. Uh, one of them being staff member of ESU College, Miles Warren, a professor. Turns out this professor harbored a secret love for Gwen. So during his creepy moments, he managed to get some DNA of Gwen and Peter. And with Gwen's DNA, he was, he was monkeying around and he created a clone of her. So he was like, oh, I can clone humans. So then eventually he becomes a supervillain. Uh, he's actually responsible for the Punisher because the, the Punisher's first appearance, the Punisher was hired to kill Spider-Man. He was hired by the Jackal. Okay. So that's, that's pretty wild. Um, then after that, Jackal clones Peter Parker and you know he knocks out the original Peter Parker and then Peter Parker's wake up and these two Peter Parkers are seeing each other. Now, this is where they started playing with the idea of RNA. So DNA is like our, our biological makeup. RNA is our, our mental makeup. That's what keeps our memories and stuff like that. So from the moment of birth to that unconsciousness, they have the exact same memories. Then once they wake up, now it's like, okay, we're two different people. So Jerry Conway, if I remember correctly, I think he wrote that story. You know, you know as well as I do. He just created a clone to throw away, and it, that was it. That was done. You know? Right. Odds are, for all intents and purposes, no. That was the original Peter Parker who survived that day. But comic books needing a moment, needing to market, and all these things. Yeah, let's let's create this Ben Riley. Let's bring back the clone, and let's do that. So for me, I mean, looking at this lineup, I would probably say Spider-Man Fifty One should be the first appearance. But even that's tough because. What they were doing was they would have these like two or three pages in the Spider-Man books dedicated to this unseen man. You know, he had a physique like Peter Parker. And the only thing we ever saw was he would have this class ring on, you know, this gold ring with a red stone. And that was all you ever saw. And they never showed his face. And obviously with it being comic books, you can't tell his voice. So, you know, one day he calls Aunt May and he's like, hey, Aunt May, how are you doing? She's like, oh, oh, it's you. You're that young gentleman who always calls me. Oh, I'm doing good, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's great. Thanks. Oh, you know, take care. And then the next issue, you know, he calls. And he's like, is Aunt May there? And it's MJ. And she's like, no, actually, Aunt May had a stroke. She's in a coma. Oh, my God, I'll be right there. And then now the next couple issues are, you know, him getting a motorcycle and riding across country. And so, if I remember correctly, I think Spider-Man 51 is the first time where they actually show, because they play it off smart. You know, all we've ever seen is a pair of blue jeans, a blue jacket, or a brown jacket, and this ring, right? That's all we know of this figure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then, of course, you have people going in and out of Aunt May's hospital room, right? So then they have a lone Peter Parker sitting there, and he's like, you know, Aunt May... You're responsible for all of it. You taught me my ethics, my values, you know, you and Uncle Ben, like your love made me the man I am. And then all of a sudden a nurse walks in. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, that's it's beautiful to hear something like that. And she looks out the window. She's like, oh, my gosh. In all my 17 years living here in New York, I've never seen that. And he looks up and he's like, oh, and you see Spider-Man swing by. And it's like, wait a minute. How can Peter Parker be in the hospital room and Spider-Man's up there swinging? So, you know, this Peter Parker decides, well, hell with it, I'm going to run up to the roof and escape. Well, 
Spider-Man is like, I'm going to land on the roof and turn into Peter Parker. So the door opens and you see Spider-Man head to head with Peter Parker and they're both saying, it's you. I think that's the first appearance because Mm -hmm. now we know what that character is and we establish it. You know, Um, eventually, yes, then, you know, he decides, okay, well, I'll become Scarlet Spider. So he creates his own superhero persona and costume in Web 118. Um, Eventually, we discover that the clone, Ben Riley, was the original Peter Parker. Oopsie, you know, I made a mistake. (laughs) I threw you away and tried to kill you. My bad. So, you know, Peter Parker decides to go off with Mary Jane, who's pregnant, and go live a normal life. So Ben Riley, who has no life, can stay in New York and become Spider-Man. And so that was sensational Spider-Man number zero. And then him being the, cl- the, the the jackal, because that's what's even tough there, is we've seen this new jackal in a red suit in this Anubis Egyptian-looking jackal mask. We've seen him since the Captain America Zero issue, Free Comic Book Day 2016. So why does clone conspiracy number three matter? Well, that's when he's revealed as the jackal. So Mm -hmm. that's what's tough about these things is how do we constitute that? And it even makes my brain think more because we have, um, oh my gosh, what are the old CCG comics, right? So it's like, okay, you know, like let's say I bought, well, okay, Green Lantern number 19, volume five. That's the first appearance of Jessica Cruz. Um I don't remember if she was a Green Lantern or not because I, th- I think she had the eye thing, but I think it was the power ring symbol because mm-hmm. you have Jessica Cruz's first appearance and then when she becomes power ring and then she becomes a Green Lantern. Right. So it's like, you know, how do we do all that stuff? And even then it's like, well, what if in that panel, what if they showed her as a Green Lantern? Is that her first appearance as a Green Lantern or would it be Justice League number 50 when she gets the ring? You know, so it kind of it kind of screws with you and it's tough because luckily with that it's all the same writer. Right. Obviously with and the obviously clone, when they introduced Jessica Drew, they had an idea of where she's going to be going. She's going to eventually become the Green Lantern. Yeah. Now, if you just say the Peter Parker clone, yeah, no, yeah, like you said earlier, that, that was just a throwaway clone. They had no idea, yep. no intentions of doing anything else with yeah. him. Because yeah, we're talking that. 1975. It's not like Jerry Conaway got orders from Stan Lee, the EIC, to be like, all right, here, I need you to make a clone so I can use him in the 90s. In okay? 20 years from now, I'm going to make him into, I'm going to do this thing called the Clone Saga. <laughs> I'll show Jack Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> I have talent. <laughs> you whippersnappers. <laughs> you know, so that's what's tough about it. So, I mean, that's what I would do. I would credit it as 51. Not that I necessarily see it, so I mean it's like a historical appearance and whatnot. But, but anyway, so yeah, in that long rant, you know, I guess <laughs> you yourselves have to decide, you know. But it, it does; it leads a lot of of leadway later on to what constitutes, you know, because it's funny. You could buy a book, like for example, okay, over in the Green Lanterns, they introduced the Phantom Lantern. So the, I forget his name off the top of my head, but that guy has only two appearances before that. Back in like Green Lantern number two from the 60s, because he was another pilot Hal Jordan saved. And then when Jeff Johns used him again to reference that scene in Secret Origin. And then boom, now he's the Phantom Lantern. So it's crazy because it's like you could be holding onto a book and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, remember like who was the, the sidekick to Kyle Rayner? Terry McGinnis. No. <laughs> Not Terry McGinnis. <laughs> yeah, it was Batman Beyond, but 
You remember what I'm talking about the blonde haired kid? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name yeah, at the but moment. Eventually, somebody could come back and be like, you know, let's say Kyle has his own book and be like, you know, oh, we should make a deputy White Lantern and let's let's give it to Terry. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because here's this book that probably sat in a quarter bin that nobody's going to care about, and now all of a sudden it's going to be this hot book because we just recycled a character. Yeah, and you know, just something more to sprinkle on that. <laughs> What does that mean for characters' rights? Because let's say, obviously, this stuff's getting big and popular, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say, obviously, it probably won't happen in the movies because it's too convoluted. But let's say the cartoon show, they bring the Scarlet Spider on. Okay, Jerry Conaway is the guy who created that that issue that created the clone, which is supposed to be the original. Should he get character creator rights? Or should it go to the actual writing team that developed and created Ben Riley? I would have to say... That it depends on whether or not in the first appearance of Ben Riley, so Spider-Man number 51, if, I mean, not the first appearance, but like, but in, in once they've established that Ben Riley is a clone, right? do they, ref, did they literally put in the panels, or at least a... An uh, editor box. A, a box, or even an editor box, yeah, to, to reference the fact that it is the clone from that, that earlier issue in 1975. They did. Then yes, Jerry Conway gets to uh, to be the the creator. I, that's wow. what I would say. I would say it, you, you they did it themselves. They referenced that this is where the character came from. This is where he started. Then that's where he started. Ah, uh-uh. well then see with that in mind because then... that, that that'd be the same thing that you would have to say with kind of like with uh um, oh, God. Bill Kane right and and well, Bob Kane, Bob Kane sorry Finger. yeah Bob that's Kane, the Bill amalgam Finger. of them yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> amalgam remember that word listeners <laughs> editor's box that word. <laughs> so yes uh yeah Bob Kane you know creates Batman but it's not the Batman that we know now Bill right. Finger went and created totally that Batman. redesigned it yeah redesigned him and, and created a different a, 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 almost completely different character and and that's who we who we love but Bob Kane is the one that we see as creator of Batman. Yep. And you know, it's funny. We'll say a name here that we both loathe, but Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Batman Year One. That created the Batman that we are reading today. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's that's what's, that's what's tough about it. I guess this kind of goes back to the question I asked you off mic earlier. You know, I was like, all right, if you could have any comic book, it doesn't matter money because you're not going to get what you, you know, like, oh, I'll take action comics number one, sell it. And, you know, no, it's a comic book for the love of comics. What would you pick? And, you know, you're like, well, yeah, I like Superman, but I don't think I would pick action comics number one because that's not the Superman I know. You no, know? Like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's an interesting argument because, yeah, it's like, you know, because, like, for me, like, I, I look at Amazing Spider-Man 149. You know, I've actually gone out and bought that comic. You know, because I love Ben Riley, he's one of my favorite characters. I bought it because okay, that's the historic first appearance, but that's not Ben Riley. You know, to me, Ben Riley is yeah, Spider-Man Fifty One when he was like, yeah, it's me, it's I'm Ben Riley, I'm I'm wearing this ring for some strange reason because <laughs> that was the only way the artist could identify. Yeah, him, you exactly. Know? It was so gooey because as soon as they show his face as Peter Parker, I went back and looked. It's like you don't see that ring anymore. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, you know, I'm Peter Parker. Yoink! Woo! It just throws the ring off in the bush, and uh, it's okay, Scoob. You know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely uh, that's the way they would have to do it. And God, you just threw that away. You threw that idea out there and just threw it away. Tom Holland in a in in Spider Man with a Spider Man clone saga happening in the movies that would be amazing. I would love oh, to see that. I think it would be great. Don't use the not that I minded it. I mean, it wasn't bad. Oh, okay, you read Ultimate Spider Man, right? Yeah. 
Okay, now, do you remember the Ultimate Clone Saga? Yeah. Because I don't. That's how it we was got, nothing. Like, that's how we got the Jessica Drew. Drew for that world. Because there they decided, oh, let's have the clone be a female. Right. Which, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, but it, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the, the, the comic book one was better. Because, oh, dude, I would love that. I would love to see a Scarlet Spider on there. You that know? would be crazy. Because, I mean, if you think about it, we have the Sam Raimi trilogy. Right. Uh, and then we had the two movies by uh, Mark Webb with Andrew Garfield. So, pretty much, they're kind of similar to each other. We're going to have a whole new set of Spider-Man movies. Why not do something different? Why not? Don't don't jump right into Venom. We don't... we. We, uh, we haven't earned it. <laughs> we haven't earned it. Thank you. That That is a great way of putting it. But a clone saga where we have a Ben Riley, Tom Holland plays two roles. That oh, would be, be awesome. pretty awesome. Now, you know, it almost be kind of neat. And I mean, I don't know. But like, what if we, I mean, like, obviously, yes, they were identical, you know. But what if you get like, like do something like, oh, gosh, like who are those actors that sometimes people are like, oh, well, I thought that was so-and-so, but it, it was so-and-so. Like, Oh, no, yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, like Thomas Jane and Aaron Eckhart. Lots of people yeah. get the two of them confused all the time. Like, could you imagine if they did that? Like, let's just say, you know, like, yeah, you had like, could, Thomas Jane was Spider-Man, and then you have Aaron Eckhart be Scarlet well, Spider. Like, that'd be kind of go, cool. Going back to uh, 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 Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, um, Tobey Maguire. A lot of people think that Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal look a lot alike, yeah. which which worked for them in Brothers, the movie where they played two two brothers that one went to went off to war and you know became a POW and they thought that he was dead and the other one took over you know his family kind of life and stuff like that and it, they do look alike. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal almost took over in Spider Man Two when Tobey Maguire hurt back, his back. Yeah, yeah. so. I, you can only imagine they went to a whole bunch of different actors to play young Spider-Man in this new set. Uh, Tom Holland's the one that ended up winning it out, but you, you know there's a kid out there that's that, going to look w- damn near one of the other. Yeah, you could totally oh. do that. You'd be, you know, he was in, he was a clone, but Jackal maybe manipulated him just a little bit. Yeah. Oh man. So all right, all those people who auditioned <laughs> lost the part. You still have hope under our flagship here. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it, and I, you know what, I, I could see. Uh, Paul Feige, 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 Feige. Thank Hi. you, Feige. That is how you say it. I think I've heard it said yes. that way. <laughs> Paul Feige uh, throwing that out there because he they've pulled out some pretty obscure storylines. I think uh, for what they've done in the Marvel universe so far. Well, especially too. Like I mean, honestly. Uh, you know, like I said, I hyped the hell out of Clone Conspiracy. If you're not reading this, go go get it. It's worth it because, I mean. You know, because like what we're gonna see in this this fourth issue, or what's the question that's finally out there? You know, it's like, hey, what if we could bring back Uncle Ben? You know, what if we could bring back your lost loved one? That's crazy. So I mean, yeah, you bring this into the Marvel Comics, or sorry, well, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You bring that in there. Can you imagine how cool that would be? Like, yeah, you have the Jackal after he's cloned, you know, his own little Spider-Man. He's got Scarlet Spider around. You know, the Avengers come in. You know, can you imagine? Like, he's like, wait, before you all attack me, look at this. Think about this real quick. Steve Rogers, you want Peggy back? I'll give you Peggy. Ooh. You know, Bruce Banner, let's kill you, but reanimate you with all those gam- without all those gamma without cells. Without the Hulk. You know, and let's let's reanimate all the people that you killed. Let's bring them back, you know? And you throw that out there on all of them. Like, there's got to be something. There is a price out there, you know? And even play, like, I mean, do it. Make, make... You know, give the the Ben Riley jackal that persona. Give it to Miles Warren. Don't have him be the creepy, you know, lustful professor who wanted this young college girl. No, give him the one who's like, look, you know, like, yeah, he could totally be like the day when when the aliens attacked when in Avengers. You know, he's like, yeah, my family was crushed. 
You know, they were in a subway car and they were crushed and they were only in that subway car because I told them to come to ESU. I told Mm -hmm. them to come. Mm -hmm. We have safe rooms here and they died and it's my fault and all I've ever done. And so he's not a crazy villain. He's a sympathetic villain. And I mean, what would the Avengers say to that? You know, like, here's a guy who's like, look, I can open death's door. You know, like Thor would be tough because Thor's like, no, it's an honor to die. You know, uh, that's true. We, to go to hell and to Hala, that is an honor. You know, and you should never take that from somebody. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine the rest of the Avengers kind of looking at Thor like, you need to shut up right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. There's, um, it, it would, it, it, one of the things about clone conspiracy that I am liking and we had we hadn't even touched on it was uh, the the Kane Gwyn uh, part of the storyline. Yeah, the sub that story. was a cool team up because you have Gwyn, who is the Gwyn from another dimension that is stuck on our Earth for some reason. Because I don't know because I wasn't reading, but I, I'm reading now. And she's got spider powers, and she's teaming up with uh, Kane, who jumps dimensions, and they have seen this play out on different worlds where uh, Peter has teamed with. Uh, the jackal, the new jackal, example, yeah. Ben Riley, and it causes basically a kind of like a zombie <laughs> outbreak. Yeah, the, the carrying virus. The world. Yeah, the carrying virus is what they're calling it because so many people are clones. Only clones can get the carrying virus, and they, their main way, the reason they didn't bring Peter into this is because they're like, yeah, we've seen this play out. You, you do, and he's like, and Peter's just like, no, I would never team with him. This, what he's doing is wrong. But then that last page is. I can bring back Uncle Ben, and you see the the, the thing in, in Peter's eyes. He's just like, maybe it is a good idea, you know. It's just like, wow, uh, yeah. What yeah. what would you do in that situation? Yeah. Well, because for once, what I really like about what Dan Slot has done here, and I'm going to defend Dan Slot. A lot of people give him crap. I've been on some of the message boards, and they're like, oh, he needs to be off the Spider-Man books now. I think you said one of the last Spider-Man stories you remember reading was Spider Island. Correct. So on Spider Island, you know, all of Manhattan, everybody has Spider-Man powers. Mm -hmm. And the joke was Mary Jane never got them. So she was pissed because she's like, I can't defend myself, really? (laughs) We have Spider-Jonah Jameson. We have, you know, everybody's getting the power. But then eventually everybody started becoming man-spiders. Yeah, and then they started, yep, exactly, mutating even further. So we've got Kane back. You know, Kane was given back to us because Kane, uh, I guess, all right. So let me try to – I've derailed us, so let me, let, let me put us back in there. So, All right, well, let me do this real quick. I'll start with this. When was the first time you met Ben Riley? So my first uh, interaction with Ben Riley is actually my first interaction with all the clones. Um, when – there was this book. It was called – I can't exactly remember what it was called, but I, it, the, basically the title – it was a very meta book. It was, it was breaking the fourth wall kind of thing, and it was – like uh, how the clone saga should have ended, something like that. Oh, was it the one thousand or one hundred and one ways to end the clone yes, saga? Yes, thank you. That's exactly yeah. what it was called. And and I remember like looking at it at the comic book store, and the clerk was like, "I was just like, what is? It? I mean, I've heard of the clone saga because I'd I'd watched the animated show, and I you know I had I'd I'd been reading uh, Spider-Man comics uh, since then, but not." when that was happening right. and he's like oh well you know this whole thing the clone saga happened he's like okay i know that it was well it kind of had a lot of problems it, it didn't <laughs> quite in the way that it was supposed to and they made this book and it's kind of a joke book and and it i just remember the cover had a whole bunch of different spider-man clones on it and it you know it just it was supposed to be funny so i think i bought it and i think the story end of it was not really a story it was just more of 
uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of book that Marvel made to 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 show where the problems were and what they should have done and what they actually had planned to do but they didn't end up doing. So that's where that's where I was first introduced to Ben Riley and Kane. Nice, yeah, I remember that one because it was it was kind of it was kind of like a, the the eggs on our Facebook, which is know? funny because I think we've talked about this many times that. Com- both companies do not like to admit that they did something wrong. Yep. And this was them admitting they did something wrong. Oh, yeah. this No, this totally was that book. Because it's funny. Like, if you ever, like, I, I'm, I've really, like, I love this hobby. I love this hobby too much, you know. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, I love to get these these insider tales and stuff like that. And, you know, they used to do, like, a Superman summit back in the early 90s. So they take all the Superman writers, they go on a holiday, they have food and hotel, and, and they just sit down. They're, okay, what are we going to do for Superman in 1993? Go, what do you got? You know, and <clears throat> they always talked about, oh, this year, I think it was I think it was 1994 maybe. And it was like, yeah, we're going to marry him. We'll, we'll have the big wedding finally. And then I was like, nope, the producers won't let us marry Lois and Clark because the TV show's not ready to marry them, right. so you can't do it. And I was like, and so I think it was Jerry Ordway. I think they credited him. They were always, because everybody would be like, what should we do? Well, let's have him go live in space. So let's have him make a cake. And Jerry Ordway would be like, let's kill him. And they're like, ah, ha, ha, Jerry, you're crazy. And they'd go on. And then finally one year, Jerry's like, let, or no, I don't think he said it, but they're kind of like, they're scared because it's like, we just wrote this you know, 12-page outline of the whole year, what we're going to do, and it's based off the wedding, and we can't do it. And it's the last day, and it's kind of like, hey, Jerry always said, let's kill him, let's kill him. Let's <laughs> okay, kill him. Okay, let's kill him, you know? And, and it's, it's funny, because if you think about it, if you look at the Death of Superman trilogy, the smallest part is the death, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, all right, we've got, you know, because back then the Superman books were weekly, even though it was Superman, Action, Adventures, Man of Steel. Superman, you know, it was four books rotating, but it was still a weekly thing, right. you know, so that's tough. And so they did it. You know, they killed Superman in what, like five or seven comic books. You know, the funeral for a friend was like nine or ten. And then the return was huge. I mean, that was like a 20 book deal. You know, it was huge. And, you know, and it's funny because a lot of, you know, obviously we didn't have the Internet back then. So a lot of speculation was like, what's going on? Are they restarting Superman? He's so convoluted. It's all over the place. But that one played out very nicely. You know, because, yeah, they did because the, the pitches were coming in where it's, like, okay, well, we've killed him. We've buried him. How are we bringing him back? You know, and, and that's exactly what happened was they offered these pitches. Well, let's bring him back and let's make them meaner and darker. Okay, what do you got? Uh, well, let's have let's have somebody be Superman. You know, okay. Well, what's your pitch? Well, let's clone him. Okay. Well, let's make him look all you know edgy and 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 have metallic bits where he was destroyed. And it's like, okay, let's do a four of them. You know, and then they did the same thing. They did the same thing. It's like, well, Hank Henshaw was a character who appeared in two comics, so we'll credit him and we'll make him the cyborg Superman. And the Eradicator was this little spaceship, so we'll turn him into the the other Superman and so on. And they had a plan and it worked and we got Superman back and then they married him. You know, but over in the Spider-Man stuff, when they did the Clone Saga, and it's funny because if you haven't read it, I recommend it. It's called The Real Clone Saga and it's like a six-issue book. Uh, it's hard to find the trade or hardcover, so you'll probably have to go online. But it was really good because, again, that 101 ways to end the Clone Saga, that was. It was kind of like, yeah, we had this idea for like eight months. It was going to be in the Spider-Man books for eight months. No, it was like three or four years or something like that. <laughs> it just blew up. Um, because the history behind it was Peter Parker was annoying at that time. Oh, my God. And it's true because like, I've been rereading it in, in, in unison with this clone conspiracy. 
Yeah, Peter Parker was awful. He was whining all the time, you know, like, I'm more a spider than I am a man, you know. I was like, <laughs> okay, Howard Mackey, you're just strange, you know, write some different cogs. J.M. DeMatis was, you know, adding to that. And just, they were very creepy books. And I think that's why Ben Riley was fun, was he didn't have all that baggage. So like I said, for me, like, I got in there right on issue one. I, I got in there and I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, Ben Riley was more fun than Peter Parker was. Uh, ben Riley brought back that that innocence and the, the, the quips. You know, he he was there. So I mean, like I was lucky. I w- I was there right on on page one, and it was cool because they used to do these books called Marvel Milestone Editions. So it was a classic comic, and it had a silver border around it. You know, so you could go and be like, "Oh man, I just bought Avengers number one," <laughs> and it was the classic one. And luckily, in this 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 one I bought, it was like the first Scarlet Spider, and it also came with the first appearance of the clone. So I got to read, you know, the 1975 book, and that was just awesome because like I felt like I was like I've got it all, you know, because I didn't have a Wikipedia to go to. Right, right. So I read it all. So I mean, I've I've luckily I've been with Ben, and he's one of the characters. I mean, like I eventually left the books because it does get pricey, you know, because you are you're reading sensational, spectacular, web of, and then Spider Man. So it's four books. He had the Superman thing going on, so it was tough, you know, so I, I had to pull back. So, I mean, once he stopped being Scarlet Spider and he became Spider-Man, I would revisit it every now and then. Um, what brought me back was they did a storyline called Revelations. Ooh, that's an impactful title, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, what's this about? And luckily it was a four-part four-part series. Obviously, you know, they just... You could tell, like, the train was off the rails, you know, because it's like, oh, yeah, if we did this big story and then we're going to do it in four <laughs> to end it, it's kind of like, yeah, pull the plug, pull the plug yeah. right now. Yeah. And so they did, and, and it was such a sad story because now Ben Riley he works at a coffee place. He's got blonde hair, you know, and he's just living his life. And Pete and MJ, they're happy. And, you know, Peter Parker's no longer crazy. Mary Jane's pregnant. She's about to give birth to their daughter. Things are going to be great. Boom. She gets induced into labor. You know, she gets taken to the hospital. Pete finds out about this. He's going over there. All these, all the friends of the Parkers are being invited to a party up at the Daily Bugle. Ben's wondering what's going on. And it all culminates. All the friends almost get killed. Ben and Pete save them. Uh, Pete gets kidnapped by a villain. Turns out it's the Norman Osborne Green Goblin. And at that point, we hadn't seen Norman Osborne for close to 20 years. Because when they killed Norman, they killed and left him for dead. We mm-hmm. didn't have clones. We just threw him away after one issue back, <laughs> back when we were young. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, there it was. You know, it was it was just that. And, you know, it was crazy. And the way Ben died, it was sad. You know, because he literally jumped in the way, took a goblin glider to the spine to save Pete. You know, and he was just like, look, it doesn't matter if I'm real or you're real. What matters is you raise may you take care of our you know the baby and you know of course then ben the baby dissolves. gets kidnapped oh yeah the baby gets kidnapped <laughs> we never hear squat about it the marriage is dissolved because of a deal with mefesto which was a damn shame because i would have loved may you know may 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 day you know Parker. of course yeah. the whole mc2 universe and all that stuff i would have loved that to happen but yeah, we want our Spider-Man to be a hip swinging guy. You know, see what I did there. You know, so that's... yeah. So we made him into Tony Stark. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. So that's been the new volume of Spider-Man. But all right. So for those of you that have heard us rambling about the character and whatnot, so the clone conspiracy is really cool. It starts off. Um, it was Marvel's Free Comic Book Day 2016. So we have a, a big Captain America story, and then we've got this little Spider-Man insert. And in the insert. Um, 
we see the rhino is basically being asked to like, hey, we need you to come back and do business. Come back and do what you do. And he's like, no, I don't do it anymore. I don't have a reason to. There's no reason to. So the bad guy's like, well, what if I could give you back your wife? And he's like, you can't give me my wife. She died. And here she comes walking right by. And the rhino's like, yes, I will do whatever it takes. I will serve you. So in that comic, we see the rhino fighting the kingpin. And it's like, why are the rhino and kingpin fighting? And Spider-Man comes up and even Spider-Man's like, what the hell happened here? And the rhino runs off and he's like, oh God, my master's going to punish me. And you're kind of like, master, the rhino's pretty smart, pretty tough. He's never really worked for others. Right. This is weird. And so the kingpin's like, yeah, no, stay out of it, Spider-Man. I don't want you involved. Well, they look and there's a dead body of Vanessa Fisk, right. the kingpin's wife. And she's been dead forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think her first appearance was her death. I forget. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, that's when we start seeing it. And so the big, the big reveal is you see the rhino come talk to this woman in a purple skirt with green jackets, very 1970s retro clothing, you know, and she's talking to the, or he's talking to this blonde woman. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute, that's Gwen Stacy. You know, and this isn't an alternate universe Gwen Stacy. This is Gwen Stacy. And she's handling it. And she's like, well, look, you screwed up. We'll let it slide. But I'm going to talk to the boss. We'll see what happens. So then she goes to talk to the boss. And we see this man in a three-piece suit, you know, red red suit, black shirt, with that Anubis-looking, you know, god of death, jackal right. helmet, you know, very Egyptian. And, you know, she's calling him the Jackal. And naturally, you want to think, well, that's Miles Warren. But Miles Warren, we've always known him to have, you know, a mustache, glasses, white hair. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, well, did he make himself younger? And this is where I kick myself because he's wearing a red suit. That should have been the throwaway because the Jackal's always worn green. Mm-hmm. Jackal's typically, you know, they're brown. So it's like, why red? Why red? <laughs> Scarlet Spider. But I didn't, you know, I kept thinking, well, no, Scarlet Spider can't be the bad guy. You know? <laughs> and that's what's cool about Ben Riley. He's such a hero. You wouldn't think he'd be the bad guy. You know, so anyways, yeah, we start seeing some of the villains they're dealing with, you know, like, oh, you know, like Electro. He has a chance to get his powers back. So essentially they'll kill him. Uh, bring him back and they'll reactivate his powers. Well, it, you know, again, it's like, well, why should I do this for you? And they bring out this girl who Electro accidentally killed. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. But it, what the twist there is she accidentally kills him and gets the powers. So they just leave Max for dead. <laughs> The lizard's back, and so is his wife and son. Right. You know, uh, Doc Ock got brought back, and there's several other. I mean, there's a ton of characters brought back. And again, you know, and even that was one of the better ones. Like, I don't know how you felt about that reveal. Uh, George Stacy. Right. You know, that was a cool one. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson's second wife was brought back. Not the first. I guess she was a mega bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Jonah was just like, nah, she's been dead long enough. We can just leave her dead. I I like this new one. Let's let's stick with the new one. Um, And, you know, and honestly, I think that's going to be one of the bigger decisions that probably will come up. Because we were joking about that. Like, why the second wife? Why not the first? But May's going to have a big one to face, too. Because which husband should they bring back? Should they bring back... Uncle Ben. Jonah or, or Jay. Jay. I, I think he's just Should they bring Jay, Jay or yeah. should they bring Ben? Well, obviously, you know who Pete and Ben are going to want to say, like, no, pick back Uncle Ben, you know. Right. But will she, is she finally over it? Does the loss not hurt? You know, things like that. So I think it's kind well, of some neat morale. I would, I would say um, it seems like whenever he brings someone back or reanimates them, it's the age that they were when they died. Right. So obviously Uncle Ben would be... Well, I mean, I wanted to say he's going to be three decades younger, but he's not. He's because they're still, they're, she's still the same age because comic book timeline. Yeah. But she, he would be younger than her. I don't know. 
You know, it's funny because if you ever go back and look at the original Aunt May and Uncle Ben, they were older. Oh, yeah. They were super old. And now, like, because I remember Aunt May was like, you know, Petey, I made you some wheat cakes and I had 12 heart attacks while doing it, you know. <laughs> now she's like, oh, I'm running one of, you know, Peter's uh, Parker industry uh, satellites over in Africa. I'm totally okay, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough because, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously he'd be a little bit younger, Ben. But, you know, she has her husband, Jay, who he seems like a younger guy too, you know. And, yeah, it's it's something else. But the funny part that we're not talking about is J. Jonah Jameson and Peter Parker are now brothers. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's still, I guess not brothers, yeah. no, because it's right. Aunt May isn't his mother. It's his so they're aunt. cousins. So they're cousins, yeah. yeah so but, no, I get what you're saying. <laughs> so it is funny when you think about that part. But um, but anyways, in the storyline, so that's what we see going on in the in the normal part. And then, uh, as Mitch mentioned earlier, we have the uh, Kane, and Kane was the f- first clone, and he didn't come out normal. Like he kind of came out with he was imperfect. The, the, yeah, the the degeneration disease. Right. So he was always like his skin was bubbling out. He was real veiny looking and gross, and he was crazy insane you know like to the point where he was you know just causing mayhem to cause mayhem well eventually he died and he was resurrected by craven and luckily when he was resurrected he was cured of his insanity and his skin became perfect and he's a good looking man again so now he's the current scarlet spider so he's been off because when they did spider verse Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be like all the Spider-Men across the universe. They'll, they'll all dimensions and stuff like that. They'll gather to stop Moreland. And Moreland was the guy who was the bad guy on JMS's run. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that when Peter Parker injected himself with radioactivity. Because Moreland was kind of like a vampire for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So when he, when, he, when he bit into Peter Parker, he just got that pure dose of radioactivity and died. Another Morlin, or the same Morlin is back, and you know, same thing. He's going around eating Spider-Man from different dimensions, because like, yeah, he totally killed like the Shakespeare Spider-Man, which is kind of <laughs> sad. <laughs> he just totally ate him on stage, and was like, well, what are you gonna do? And uh, so, anyways, yeah, there's been a dimensional hopping team because that's what that's what introduced us to the dimension that has Gwen Stacy being bitten by the spider and Peter Parker dying. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, she's teaming up with Kane. The same thing, because on every other universe this happened, Ben or Jackal winds up convincing Spider-Man to go through with it. They create all these clones. The clones get the carrion virus and they become zombies, and which, that universe is destroyed. Which. Uh Kane now has also he has the carrion virus and it's not destroying him but it is making him ugly and pussy and again and all that gross stuff again all Kane looking again (laughs) so he's he's not going to be a happy happy character no um but yeah I I don't know there's any other parts you want to add to the 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 story uh you know I just thought uh, I mean obviously their Ben Riley 101 became more of our clone conspiracy 101 but that's okay (laughs) it's it you can't talk about Ben Riley without talking about the clone saga and uh and which then brings us to Kane cuz he's also another clone and it is interesting it it's the idea that Ben Riley comes from the whole uh it's Uncle Ben and May Parker's maiden name Riley and uh you know where where exactly where exactly I know you've explained it to me before but the idea of Peter Parker coming back and then he's like, well, I'm going to be Ben. And then he's like, mm, well, I'm actually the real Peter Parker. You know, it, the whole idea, the switchery, the, the switchery, the, the, <laughs> the, the, 
what's the three card Monty that basically is <laughs> the clone saga at that point it is interesting. So, uh, the conspiracy uh, for clone conspiracy. I see what you were talking about before in in earlier episodes of this when you were saying is Ben Riley the, J- the Jackal actually a bad guy and you because you were saying it in this episode you're like he's the bad guy can he be the bad guy it's it's weird to see Ben Riley as the bad guy and then I have to say is he the bad guy I mean because yeah. he's bringing back people to life he's even bringing back villains and they're not being villainous but they're not being villainous and they they've stated that they're not being villainous and like Otto Octavius is like. I want to kill. I want to mess up Peter Parker. He's like, "Come on, dude. We. I brought you back. You knew. You know. You're here. I brought you back because I want your scientific mind. You're gonna help me make these things." And yeah, he's got him in check. And he's got him in check. And he's like, "Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's go. I'll go work on this yeah, we'll for go you." Go back to science. Yeah, so I'll do science again. And then he's even tamed the lizard. The lizard is yeah. is you know just he's like, ah. like he even asked him, "I need you to go chase down Peter Parker for me." Don't hurt him. Just chase him down and bring him back. He's like, look, I'm doing science. Why are you taking me away from this? And he's like, just do it. You know, yeah. it's it's interesting to see these villains. And uh, once again, you got Prowler, who Parker sent there to investigate, and and essentially he died, or at least that's how the story is playing out right yeah. now. Yeah, he was and, killed and brought back and brought back. So it is. It's is he the bad? Guy? I mean, they're they're playing they're playing it heavy handed that he's the bad guy, right? Right. And it's the whole bit wearing a mask thing. Why does he wear a mask if he's not a bad guy? Kind of thing. And that's a little. I guess that's a little bit of J. Jonah Jameson in me. Only the e villains wear masks. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's mentioning the mask because even um, in the, the the there's an important comic. I'll mention that in a minute here. But apparently, I guess he was saying the mask can alter the voice. So here's what's funny: is all those people. Maybe not Gwen, but all those people think it's Miles Warren right. doing this. They don't. How know are they going to react when they see that it's Ben Riley who looks like Peter Parker? Well, see, that's what I thought Spider-Man. was interesting because you got the the name of his company is called New You, and he's trying to sell this idea to in in one of these pan, the one of the issues in the panel he's trying to sell this idea to all these uh, military. Uh, people in the in the U.S. government. He's like, think about all the soldiers that we send away, and they end up getting killed. We can bring, I can bring them back to life, you know, kind of thing. But he's having this meeting with them wearing it, an Anubis jackal mask, <laughs> right? And I can only imagine this general sitting here, like I am sitting here listening to this guy talk about bringing people back to life wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. My career is awesome. You know, it's just it's it's ridiculous to see a dude wearing a mask in a in a business meeting. Yeah, right. So, but but you he can't take off that mask because J. Jonah Jameson's there, and he'd be like, "Hey, your face looks like Peter Parker. Yeah, what, what's going like on Parker? here?" Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it, it's it would it, it you think he would keep? That was one thing I did like about it when in the what's that issue? Amazing Spider-Man number twenty two. Twenty two, and basically it's the. This is where Ben Riley came from, kind of thing. Like oh, yeah. Miles Morales or Miles Morales, Miles Warren actually did reanimate uh, twenty-seven times. So, yeah, well, he reanimated the first time, and he explained to him, "This is the actual you. Uh, you do remember melting in Peter Parker's arms and blah blah blah." He's like, "But I'm going. You're not exactly perfect yet, so I'm going to kill you. And while I'm killing you, I'm going to do it in several different ways just yeah. to see how it affects your physiology." And he's just like, "What?" And as he's doing that, he electrocutes him, and, or he drowns him, or he cuts his head off, or he burns him alive. Burns him yeah. alive. He had twenty-seven times, and and he's like, "There's no, you can't get out of those restraints because I've made them so that you can't get out of those restraints." You grew into him. I cloned yeah, you into him. Exactly, yeah. but. The fact that he has the memories every time he dies, he, I guess it, 
number 27, he just adapted enough that he busts through it and he's angry enough that he, you know, he gets pissed off. And then he literally, like, what same thing that Parker is doing with Parker Industries, like, if I just focused a little bit more on this whole science thing that I'm really good at, I can make an industry out of it. And Parker Industries, he's a billionaire now. Well, <laughs> Ben Riley is like, if I just use my intelligence, I can figure out some of these other technology thing and I can, oh, what? New you. I've decided to make another. Yeah. So we have two Parkers that are both billionaires, essentially. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. The, the super heroics has really just gotten in Peter's way. He well, it's funny, you know, and it is because it's like, could you imagine? Yeah, exactly. Like, that could be a fun what if. What if that spider never bit Peter? Could you imagine, like, right on top of the back, the Baxter building is, you know, Parker Industries and the floor below is Reed Richards? And it's like, yeah, no, I, I'm the one who develops all this stuff for them. Would Peter Parker have become an Iron Man-esque superhero? You know, like, yeah. Like, no, as we've seen in, in uh, Spider-Gwen, he, he would become the lizard. Uh, he would become a total jerk, yeah. Because, yeah, he was, like, the ultimate nerd ball. Like, when he died, I was like, good. <laughs> I hate that version of him. Um, well, let's see. Just to give you some more stuff to look forward to um, – so if you want to read about the early adventures of Ben Riley, uh, Marvel Comics is re-releasing the Clone Saga trade paperbacks. Uh, those trade paperbacks were released, like, I want to say, like, 2007, somewhere around there. They immediately sold out. Uh, they haven't been released again, and Marvel's finally doing it, which makes sense because we've got Clone Conspiracy. So you can buy those trades anywhere, go to a comic book store, get them online, however you wish. Uh, they've currently released one uh, volume two will come out later this month and the solicits are out for volume three. Um, if you want to read the new stuff, I believe you need to go back to amazing Spider-Man issue 18 of the current story. It'll have dead no more at the title and pick up those along with the clone conspiracy main book issue four will be released this 18th and the next continuing Spider-Man issue 23 will also be released on the 18th. Uh, both very important comics. I personally, like I'm, I'm looking to sit down and do a list of my top 10 events of 2016 or top 10 comics or comic book events. Honestly, issue 22 of Amazing Spider-Man, that's on my list. Um, like I said, Ben Riley is one of my favorite comic book characters. He's been dead for so long. There's been no reason to bring him back. They always dangle it in front of you and they take <laughs> it away. And when I finally saw that on clone conspiracy number three, when he took the mask off and he was like, it's me, Ben Riley. I was so happy. I know it's like, Oh, but he's going to be a bad guy. I'm like, no, that's fine with me. I've lived through Hal Jordan and parallax. You know, that's part of the hero's story is to become the bad guy. So this is Ben's turn. You know, I have full faith that when this is all over, they're going to have, I think it was Clone Conspiracy Omega. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the zero issue for a new spider book. They didn't say Spider-Man book. They said a spider book. So to me, I'm thinking, well, Peter David and... Um, Oh, I should know his name. He was a big artist. He Mark Bagley. Okay. You know, those two are wow. going to be taking over the book. So I'm thinking, hey, uh, it, to me, I would say Scarlet Spiders and give us the adventures of Ben and Kane and see how they deal with it and, and knowing their history, see how they, they interact together. Because Kane, yeah, he was following Ben around, destroying his life, you know, and, and Ben always would offer a helping hand. And Kane became the, spire, the Scarlet Spider out of a sense of, 
of of debt to Ben Riley. You know, he's like that man was always a hero. So definitely go out, get yourself a copy of Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-two. That'll give you a great rundown of what happened to Ben after his death, being killed and tortured twenty-seven times, twenty-seven <laughs> different ways. Uh, obviously, it's unhinged the fellow a little, a little bit. Um, and then Clone Conspiracy is playing out. We're we're just a little over halfway. It's probably, I would say, one of the better events that Marvel has put out in the year 2016. Uh, I got Mitch to read it. He's been enjoying it. So that's a, that's a huge seal of approval on my part. I'm enjoying that. <laughs> All right. So, listeners, if you have uh, some comic book uh, issues you want to talk about, or if you want to talk about Clone Conspiracy, or if you just want to talk about Ben Riley and your love for him, uh, we would love to hear from you. We, you can find me on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. You can find Chris also on Twitter as... Uh, stuff I should say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. And you can uh, get a hold of the rest of Geek Elite Radio on Twitter as at Geek Elite Radio. Then go to our Facebook page where we're talking uh, about comic books and all the things you geek out about. Be a part of that community and that conversation, Geek Elite, Geek Elite Radio uh, on Facebook. Then check out our website, geekeliteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. That's fine. Hold on, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. I was—I forgot. I was—I wanted to throw this joke in there, and I don't want it to go to waste. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh man, I should have remembered to talk about the original clone, the very first clone of Spider-Man. You know who that one was, right?" Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, Steve Ditko. He should get the credit, right? (laughs) I'm so bummed I forgot to mention that. And plus, I just think it's neat how you've got Blue Beetles and Scarlet Spiders. Anyways, just had to throw that out there. (laughs) My comic book uh, symmetry strikes again. There you go. Uh, So that original clone that got thrown away actually made his way to the DC Universe and became Ted Cord. He he got funneled into the Charltons, and then from Charlton he was exposed to the crisis, so now he's in DC. Yep, it's, it's all over there the, the symbiote is actually the the scarab and there with that i want everybody to re- once again remember algo uh, amalgam and uh just <laughs> Big word just uh just uh, stew on that for a little while uh, but this has been imagine if presents characters 101 ben riley and the clone saga uh on the geekly radio networks and always remember to geek, geek out. out we now return you to your regularly scheduled program